Good morning, church. How do y'all, y'all want me to follow that? I feel like Bailey just delivered a sermon right there. And uh, I was here during that season. I remember us walking through that process. And, and I, I got to tell you right now, and I know that everyone here and who was here during that time, we are so grateful for the discerning leaders that made the decision to put a stake in the ground. Because I, I know for a fact that it has um, really developed who we are as a church, like our DNA, in our DNA of this church, the body of Christ. And uh, as I watch this video, I can't help to think um, for my spiritual development, my spiritual growth during that season, there were two families that were pretty pivotal to me. And those two families, um, have been hit with some really difficult things this week. So. Uh, the Shelby family and the Taylor family. Some, you guys that have been here for a long time, you know those names, you know those families. And um, for the people who are newer, uh, those families, you're impacted by them indirectly because their fingerprints are all over this place. And so here we are. We balance celebration and the good news. And then we, we grieve and we mourn as a family. And this is what we're called to do, and this is what we do. We do it faithfully. Um, I was told the last time that I preached... Um, one of the main messages that I got from people was to not apologize for getting emotional. I won't do that. <laughs> Before we get into the, the word today, uh, I think the best thing for us to do is to go into a moment of prayer. So would you pray with me? Uh, God, you are so good. God, you are faithful. in the good times, in the struggles, the seasons of abundance, in the seasons of emptiness. Um, we never walk alone. And I pray, Lord, today um, that I get out of the way and that you uh, speak to uh, somebody multiple people in this room and that hearts are transformed and eyes are gazing at you. And that's the position as we walk out here today. And I pray all of this in the holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, um, we will be in John 21 today, verses 1 through 14, if you want to turn there or, or uh, pull up your Bible app. That's where we're going to be today. And I want to set it up real quick. So John 21, it's the gospel of John, and it's the final chapter in this gospel. So Jesus has already appeared to his disciples two times. This will be the third appearance. And there's still this confusion, right? So they witnessed Jesus be crucified, be buried. He's resurrected. This is his resurrected self. And there's still like this tension of, 
And we followed this guy. We gave up everything. We followed this guy for three years and we believe in him and we trust in him, but there's still this tension of like, what's next? What do we do? And so as we get into John 21, they fishing. And I don't believe, and I don't think that we can speculate that they have decided to walk away from Jesus and the, the call on their life. I think these were fishermen and I think they just wanted to go fishing. All right, so we're gonna go in there uh, or dive into that right now. And I'll read um, John 21 verses one through three and then we'll stop for a minute. So here's, um, here's what the word of God says. Afterward, after he appeared a second time, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And I want to stop there because I don't know about you guys, but I can relate to that exact scene. And if you know anything about me, I am not actually talking about fishing. All right, I am terrible at fishing. My wife will tell you, I don't like to go fishing. She does. It's actually kind of embarrassing how bad I am at fishing. But with the, the empty net, I don't know where every single person is in this room. But I know that there are periods in, in my life and there are periods in, in somebody's life, everybody's life at some point in this room where we've experienced what they're experiencing in this season. There's a little bit of confusion. They're not really sure, like what's gonna happen next. And they're sitting there and they're skilled. This is their craft, this is what they do. And their nets are empty. And maybe somebody in this room has got an empty net. And maybe that empty net is a moment and maybe that empty net is a whole season. But in this moment, in this season, in this time, as we move deeper and deeper into this uh, scripture, this passage today, I want a question for us. I want us to just be able to carry a question with us throughout the rest of the time. And here's the question. Will you trust Jesus even when your net is empty? Will we trust him? Let's go into uh, the next few verses. John 21, verses four through six. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And the, the boat was 100 yards away from shore. It was early in the morning. I don't think this is um, any deeper than the fact that they saw a guy way out there and they just could not tell who it was. And Jesus called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Which is funny in hindsight, hearing him say this, he knows. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And I wanna stop there and just say, there's a couple things that now we know 
in the story. And the very first thing that we know was it being early in the morning, if you and I are gonna carry that question for the rest of our time together, will we trust Jesus? It doesn't matter if it's an, it could be a full net. It doesn't matter what season of life, will we continue to trust in Jesus? And the first thing that we have to know here is trusting him means trusting in his timing. That is hard for me. I struggle so much with that, but I mean, could he not have come at midnight? I mean, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I mean, could, could he have, uh, I mean, they had just gone out there and all of a sudden he did, what if he, did, he could just walk out on the water again, just meet them there. They wouldn't even have to haul the fish in, right? Something, but he made them wait until the break of dawn. And so it's his timing we have to trust in. And the very next thing is, Trusting him means that we have to trust in his strength, his ability over our own. How many times in life, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hand, how many times in life have you tried to do something under your own strength, under your own ability? You know what? I don't care what happens. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it by just pure motivation. My wife can tell you that I've had moments and seasons like that in my life, and it usually, it's usually not fruitful. It usually ends in frustration. These were skilled fishermen. They had empty nets. Jesus provided the catch, not them. Can we and will we trust in his ability over our own? The third thing that we know from seeing this miracle it means we have to take action. We have to do something. Like, it says here, I mean, couldn't the nets have just been in there and then all of a sudden they filled up with fish? But he didn't say that. And he also didn't like give them a suggestion. It's, a, it's throw your net on the other side of the boat and you'll find some. They had to pull the nets in and they had to throw it in on the other side. He wants to walk with us, but he's also calling us to do something. We're gonna have to do something. There is a cost. And so as I'm, huh, I've been studying this so much, trying to dig into this, trying to like figure out each little piece. And as I'm sitting here, my question at this point is why? Like trusting him, why am I gonna trust in his timing? Why am I gonna trust in his ability? Why am I gonna trust in me standing up and taking action? Like why? As why choose to be a follower of Jesus? And it's because he knows where the fish are. Whatever we're struggling with, whatever we're dealing with, he knows exactly where we need to place the nets in our lives. Not to have enough, but to have an overabundance, an abundance flow right to us. He's the only one that has that answer. And so I want to continue to move us 
in this same question, will we trust him? Regardless of anything else, will we trust him? And um, on Friday, this was so crazy. On Friday, I met, I have a 19-year-old friend that I meet with. We usually meet weekly, but we haven't met in a while recently. I've been mentoring him for a few years, and we met on Friday, and we had a great time together. I mean, we talked for two hours. And uh, at the end of our time, he said, um, he kind of looked uncomfortable. I'm like, hey man, what's, what's going on? And he said, I'm struggling with trusting in God right now. And, it, and in my mind, I'm thinking, and I said it out loud, and he looked confused, and I understand why. It's like someone coming up to me saying, Josh, you're reminding me of Ezekiel 3 today, you know, and which I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but I looked at him, I'm like, dude, I've been studying John 21 this week. And he looked confused, like, uh, okay, okay. But this is what it is. I want to share with you guys right now what I shared with him. And what it is, is it's Peter's reaction. But it's in two different scenes. There's a Luke 5 scene, and there's a scene right here in John 21. And I want to I wanna share with you Peter's reaction when it comes to struggling with trusting in God. And here's what it is. John 21, 7 through 8. Stay with me here. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, that's John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. This just, this can preach by itself. I don't even have to add to this. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. Now, we know, if you know Peter at all, you know the Gospels, you know Peter was impulsive. This sounds like a very Peter thing to do. But this is after Peter had denied Jesus three times. See, he, he is swimming toward the resurrected Jesus. We know that he had a passion for protecting him right, for being there for Jesus, for being the main disciple. But this is how he jumps in the water and swims 100 yards after he had denied Jesus three times. And they hadn't really reconciled that. I can imagine, Peter was a human just like us. I can imagine there was guilt. There was shame. There was a battle of like, am I worthy? I'm sure he had these thoughts. You see, these are human emotions. But do you remember Peter's reaction when Jesus filled his nets with fish the first time? And this is in John 5, and I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, and there's, there's not a slide for it. But Jesus was preaching on the shore. It's the beginning. He's launching his ministry. He's preaching on the shore, and people are crowding around him. So he asked Peter, he's like, can I get in the boat? Can you take me out on the boat, and I can continue to talk to people? And Peter's like, yeah, sure, we can do that. When they get out there, and Jesus is done preaching, he says to Peter, hey, won't you just throw your nets out? Now, Peter and the disciples have been out there all night long, and their nets were empty. And so Peter doesn't really have a strong relationship with Jesus yet. He kind of knows about him, but he's not a follower of Jesus yet. He says, all right, man, if you say so, I'll throw the net out. Let's see what happens. 
and the nets overflow with fish to the point to where the nets are breaking and other boats come over to help and then they pull the fish onto those boats and those boats start to sink. And this is Peter's reaction. This is before he spends three years with them. This is Peter's reaction. Luke 5 verse 8, he says, when, Peter's, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. And this is the beauty of this. In Luke 5, before Peter had a strong relationship with Jesus, his shame, his guilt, his unworthiness to be with the Lord, he said, get away from me. And now, John 21, he spent all this time with him. He knows Jesus on a personal level. And then he says, or, or he, we see that he jumps in the water even though he's got to have some guilt, like he has to have some shame. And so my message to my 19-year-old friend and my message for all of us today is if we study Peter in these two scenarios, very similar scenarios, if we're in seasons of struggle, if we're in seasons where we're doubting, if we're in seasons of empty nets, then we need to draw near to God and we need to get there quickly. That's what Peter's response was. In this season of a little bit of confusion, of, of doubt, of, of unworthiness, he jumps in the water and he swims to Jesus. Will we trust him? We have to keep coming back to this. I want to read to you guys John 21, 9 through 11, real quick. Let me, let me go back there. Okay. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. This is, so they just witnessed a miracle. And now we have this reference to another miracle the loaves and the fish, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. There's this other reference right here. It's Jesus is all in the details. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. We can try to speculate on the significance of the 153. We can even compare and contrast. Why were the nets torn in Luke 5, but the nets were not torn? Like John made a point to say, hey, the nets are not torn now. They're not torn in John 21. We can speculate and we can compare and contrast, but I think what we have to do with this passage is we have to, we have to figure out what is absolutely true. What is Jesus telling us? And this is what I believe the message is from Jesus. Jesus can and will do immeasurably more in our lives 
and with our nets than we could ever ask or imagine on our own. And there is a cost. There is a cost. We, we do have to trust in him. We do have to take some action. There is something that has to be done. But the reward, the reward, Jesus is telling us, you don't even know what I can do with the nets in your life. You have no idea what I can do with the confusion and the brokenness. You, you, you gotta run to me. You gotta come to me. And that's the reward. Um, This past Monday, a, a quick, quick story. This past Monday, Josh walks into our little break room area over here, the kitchen by room 100. I'm in there getting coffee and he walks in and the very first thing he says to me, he didn't even say hi. He just says, hey, I, you were in a dream of mine a couple nights ago. All right, now, if anybody has ever walked up to you and said this, I don't know if you have the same thoughts that I do, but here are my thoughts. My very first thought when someone tells me that is like, that's pretty cool. Like this person, even their subconscious is thinking about me. Like we're, we're friends. <laughs> we're friends. And of course, you know, Josh, like he and I are friends and all, but I'm like, this is validation. He and I are really close. We're friends. That's the first thought. The second thought is, uh, did I do anything bad? You know, like that, like now I'm like, I'm trying to control, like is, is my character getting tarnished? Is my reputation on the line? Like, what am I doing in the dream? Like, I'm trying to control his subconscious thought about me in his dream. And I'm like, I'm, I'm battling through this. And, uh, <laughs> and that's what I said. I'm like, man, Dad, I hope I didn't do anything bad. And he said, uh, he said no, no, no. And he was laughing. And he said, uh, he said, you were preparing a sermon. And I, in my mind, I didn't say it out loud, but I'm like, good. God, I'm preparing a sermon. That's what we should do together. You and I should prepare sermons together. And he said, uh, you're preparing a sermon and he, you locked yourself in a closet. And again, I'm still tracking because I'm like, it sounds like me. If anybody knows me at all, I have, I have extreme ADD. Like, it's a problem. Right? I have to remove distractions or even I become a distraction to other people. Okay? So I'm like, okay. okay I'm locked in a closet. I'm preparing sermon. These are good. And he said, I was trying to hear what you were saying, which in my mind, I'm like, that's a bit invasive. You know, like obviously I'm trying to step away, but he, he, he said, I, uh, I held my ear up to the door so I could hear what you were saying. But the only thing that I could hear that you were saying was every day, every day, every day, every single day, every single day. And he said, in this period, we're talking about discipleship and we're talking about evangelism and, and that's important every day and in every aspect of our day. And I agreed with him. But then as I'm sitting here and I'm preparing the sermon, I couldn't help but thinking about the points that I'm making up as I'm going through, not, not making up, but that sounds bad, that I'm drawing from the scripture. And here's how it works out. Every day, we can trust in his timing. Every day, we can trust in his strength, his ability. 
Every day we can take action in his name. Every single day we can draw near to him. Every single day with all of these things we can trust in him. Man. And it's, are we going to do it? Can We can. And now it's, will we? I want to read um, the last few verses before we go to the table. I'm going to read the last few verses. This is John 21, 12 through 14. And it says this. And this also doesn't need much um, that speaks for itself. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. They knew it was the Lord. Everything that he had done, it had to be the Lord. Jesus came, he took the bread and he gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Before Jesus, like as he was being led to the cross, he invited the disciples to a meal with him. The resurrected Jesus is inviting them, the, the invitation is still there. He's inviting them to a meal. And the resurrected Jesus is still alive and well today. And every single day, he's inviting you and I to a meal. And this is what he wants. He wanted them to bring some of the catch to him. He wants us to bring our nets. They might be empty. And he still wants you to bring them to the table. And they might be full and that's amazing. And he still wants you to be in fellowship and be in community with him. That's what he's calling us to. And as we get ready to come to the table, there are two tables in the front here. There's several tables in the back along the walls. Um, Mark and Debbie Powell will be up here uh, to receive people for prayer. I'll be over here to the left uh, to receive people for prayer. We'll have some people out to the sides. Um, if you just need to come to the table and just be in communion and just spend time with Jesus, that's amazing. And that's what we want. And if you need to come up and you need to pray with someone, or you need to talk through something with someone, that is also amazing and that's what we want. Will we trust in Jesus regardless of what's going on in our lives? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this body. Thank you for this family. Thank you, Lord, that we can come together and we can be together and we can share with each other regardless of what's going on in our lives. Regardless of the quality of our nets, we can come to you. We can come and be with each other and we can come to you. And God, I pray um, for hearts 
to be open, for eyes to be open, for ears to be open, God, to whatever it is that you are trying to say to me, to anybody in this room. But I pray, Lord, more than anything else, that our eyes are looking up to you as we go back out into the world. And we share you. We share what we have with the world all around us. Because that's what we're supposed to do. I pray all of this in the holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.